staying at home all the time make you actually think more about your problems. The whole asylum process is not a nice process to go through when when the situation is normal. So imagine if the situation is like 10 times worse now. Refugees in London understand that seeking asylum is tough and COVID-19 is making it tougher. The Refugee Council has outlined key changes to asylum and resettlement policy and practice since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. These include suspending all substantive asylum interviews. Evictions from asylum accommodations are on pause until at least the end of June. Asylum support payments will continue though, but asylum decisions can now be served via email. Additionally, 350 people have been released from immigration detention and current detainees have increased screening for COVID-19 symptoms. Nevertheless, despite the changed measures, refugee charities are still warning the Home Office that current conditions for asylum seekers and refugees are worsening. Welcome to The Know-How, a podcast aimed at bringing academics and professionals together to dissect the pressing matters of today. I'm Dr. Glenda Cooper. And I'm Dr. Lindsay Blumel. In this episode, we catch up with two London refugees who've had to leave the city during the COVID-19 pandemic. Abdul Wahab Tahan is currently staying with family in Turkey. He's a journalist and a graduate of the Refugee Journalism Project and now completing a PhD in media studies. Zozan Yassar is also with family in Edinburgh. She's a journalist too. And before coming to the UK, she worked for Voice of America and Kurdish media outlets. It's very depressing not to be able to go out, but it's not something new to me or to some other refugees that I know. Actually, not being able to go out while we have Wi-Fi and electricity and food and water is really like kind of a VIP curfew compared to the curfew of some people in Syria. It was so dangerous, you would get killed if you go out. Compared to the life-threatening situations which forced asylum seekers to leave their home country for the UK, current self-isolation may be more comfortable. But it doesn't mean conditions are not difficult. It's really scary if you're applying for asylum now and the pandemic has just started happening in, in England and you're kind of stuck because you can't really do pretty much anything until you've got your asylum. You're not allowed to work and you're living on a five pounds a day and you don't know whether you're going to be allowed to stay or not so building relationship with people is is, is is difficult starting anything is difficult it's something you wouldn't be able to really sleep you want to build a new life and you want to start to fight for things and then you want to rebuild and then learn language but actually during this period this is the hardest time for the refugees because it's unclear you don't know what's going to happen and then you are waiting. And during this time of disruption, London's high rents and often cramped quarters means that for some refugees like Zozan and Abdul, the option seems to be leaving. For others, it's to share their hostel accommodations with even more people, putting themselves at an increased risk of contracting coronavirus. Living in a hostel and isolated is pretty much, you know, you can't really put these two words in the same sentence. You see a lot of Europeans go on holiday and purposely stay in a hostel in order to meet other people. The smallest room in a hostel accommodates, I think, four people. How do you isolate you? <laughs> you wrap your bed with, I don't know, clean film and you stay inside it. There are um, hostels for refugees. They keep them in, 
in hostels, so the conditions of hostels are not good. And I stayed myself. There is curfew. If you cannot actually do whatever you want. If you just one minute late, they put all your stuff outside of the hostel. You don't feel safe actually because you don't know who you are staying with. For example, around ten people use one bedroom and use one shower. One, uh, for example, shower you use with many people, and then they don't care about if you female. That you want to use different shower bath. I, I remember the hostel I was staying in was mixed of uh, men, and then I was the only woman there. I have friends; they've been staying in hostel more than two years. London is really difficult for migrants, for refugees, and asylum seekers. It's not possible actually to isolate yourself if you live in hostels. You live in ten people, the same uh, shower same toilet. Actually, this lockdown affects people in a different way. Both Zozan and Abdul stress that one way refugees and asylum seekers are affected by the lockdown is increased anxiety and depression. Waiting during this time, it's really difficult. It can affect psychologically a lot. Having the support network is one of the most important things for an asylum seeker. So without it, you would really suffer a lot. A lot of refugees have either told me that they kind of suffer from mental health issues or still haven't told me because they're not aware. One tragic example of increased distress is of a 30-year-old Syrian asylum seeker who was found dead in a Glasgow guesthouse in early May. He'd been moved there from a flat when the pandemic hit. The official cause of death is not yet known, but friends did suspect he had had suicidal thoughts. Various charities are calling on the Home Office for increased support for asylum seekers and refugees during this time to better accommodate their physical, emotional and psychological needs. Also complicating the situation is continued false information that disparages refugees. On May the 7th, Reuters reported that an image widely shared online incorrectly reported that illegal immigrants and refugees receive nearly £30,000 a year in benefits in the UK, much more than a UK pensioner. It's false information like this and other ongoing xenophobic attitudes which can also impact asylum seekers and refugees. I see discrimination really increasing a lot in many countries. As I said, people are not welcoming refugees. I really am curious about these people when they arrive and how the UK will welcome them. You've been listening to The Know How, the podcast that dissects pressing issues with academics and experts. It was presented by Lindsay Blumel and Glenda Cooper and produced by Atina Dimitrova. For more information on this and our other episodes, please go to our website, www.thenowhowpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Know How Podcast or on Facebook at The Know How Podcast.